I'm Thad Brown. This is Carl Jones. This is Buffalo Game Day Recap. Little one day later edition talking about the Bills preseason loss to the Steelers. This is being recorded Sunday right after Sean McDermott spoke with the media. We'll talk about a little of what he said as we go through this discussion. But let's start with you know the game itself. And look, my initial reaction was it's bad. <laughs> let's, let's not like try and put a fine point on it. It was a pretty awful game. Now look, it's preseason and at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot that matters in preseason other than injuries. And in that department, outside of Tommy Doyle, the Bills graded out fine last night. By the way, Tommy Doyle out for the season. We'll get to that in a minute. But as bad as they played, it tested the limits of, well, it doesn't really matter how you do in preseason. And one thing that I did think about during the game and a little more driving back from Pittsburgh today is in preseason, most teams don't prepare. But Sean McDermott, after the game, said last night that he thought the Steelers won because they wanted it more. I mean, Carl, isn't it possible that wanted it more in this case means that maybe the Steelers did prepare a little more and had an advantage that way? Usually that cliche kind of falls on deaf ears. Like, come on, you guys are out there competing. Yeah. But a Mike Tomlin team, I wouldn't be surprised if he has them a little bit more juiced up, you know, maybe spend some time, you know, going over a couple looks that they were looking at for for the Bills. On that, on that front, I, I wouldn't be too surprised that a Mike Tomlin team, like, for example, the Ravens, we always know about how the Ravens play mm -hmm. really hard in the preseason. A team coached by Mike Tomlin, you know, I'm not, especially how they did them last year. I'm, come on, let's be real here. The Bills embarrassed them last year. Hey, guys, they got us last year. I know this might be preseason, but let's take it to them type of deal. I haven't even thought about that. That's a great point. I mean, in Buffalo, you don't think about that 38-3. to I'm sure that still stings in Steeler country, you know. And, and then on top of that, for a more practical purpose, You've got a young quarterback you're trying to build up. And I'm sure it helps that it's against the Bills, you know, one of the elite teams in the conference. But no matter who it's against, you know, if you can spend an extra hour, like, legitimately game planning and then give your guy a leg up and then, oh, wow, look, he threw a 28-yard touchdown pass to Pat Fryermuth and the offense scored two touchdowns in seven plays. You know, the guys will know how legit that is in terms of being in a preseason game. But regardless, it feels damn good, you know, and it can't hurt what the Steelers are doing there. Especially because that is a team that's, they're in a tough division. I mean, tough conference in general with the AFC. So like you said, getting that guy a little bit more confidence, that long uh, touchdown run that Jalen Warren had was well blocked. So I mean, schematically they were sound. Right. I mean, a great play even up the seam with uh, Friar move for the touchdown. So it wasn't like they were just out there throwing deep balls and just like, hey, like we're out there having fun. Like schematically they were sound and they executed well. Doesn't excuse how the Bills played and, and Deion Dawkins after the game said, um, that exact thing, and Sean McDermott complimented him on Sunday, you know, about taking responsibility, and that, look, McDermott said, we can't use the preseason as a crutch, and there were many issues. The penalties, I think that was talked about a lot on Saturday night. I don't know how much you and I are going to debate about it. That's lack of discipline. Some of that's just preseason. You know, um, I thought a little bit of it was you had a quarterback in Matt Barkley that doesn't work with the ones too much, so I think you had an offensive line probably not used they to They were saying cadence. that a lot on the, on the broadcast, yeah. and even Kincaid, you can tell, jumped a little bit because of that issue exactly right, right there. So, however, there were still plenty of issues, um, protection in particular, and like we said, Tommy Doyle is now out for the year. So the Bills have a problem with tackle. Now, I still think there's room for Spencer Brown to improve. I know he didn't have a great night last night. Um, I, I thought the, the first penalty on him, the block in the back, was a little of a borderline call. The hold was a hold, though. Um, but behind him, Ryan Vandermark's had a nice camp. Ryan Vandermark's also now the third best tackle on the team. Um, and, and as good a camp as he's had, and I think the guy's got a future in this league, I'm sure that's not where the Bills wanted to be at this point. So now, you know, they're going to have to probably go out and add a – they're going to have to add somebody for sure. 
Um, but now you're, you know, you're one Deion Dawkins injury away from being in a terrible spot of tackle like they were at safety last year. And this isn't just a Bills problem, though, which is like, hey, just go find the best available tackle on the market. Go watch preseason ball right now and go watch the second and third, second quarter on. There is a depth problem at offensive line, and there's a reason for that. I'm not going to get into that today. But, yeah, the Bills are going to have to figure out a way to be creative, and whether that's finding guys who other teams, you know, don't have much film on or regardless, they're going to have to find a way because, like you said, one injury away, maybe Spencer Brown doesn't play up to the potential that we hoped for him to be. Regardless of what the case may be, you can't go into this season or have the season you want, especially how it ended against a Bengals team mm -hmm. who, quite frankly, kicked their tails up front, and you don't want them to have that same exact way this year. People talked about Jason Peters. I think Jason Peters at 41 is not a, an ideal idea. Is he going to come in a backup anyways? Like, will he come off the street to be a backup? <sighs> That's a great, great question. You know, I mean, he did last year, though, because he played – he was on the Cowboys – uh, essentially on their practice squad, he now he did, uh, he was active for 10 games, started one, so I, I think he probably would, um, but I just I can't see a Super Bowl season being saved by a 41-year-old tackle who's on the street on August the 20th. You know, I mean maybe. Um, let's move on a little bit. Uh, backup quarterback has been a battle for this team. Um, I kind of think that that battle ended last night. I, I think that was Matt Barkley's shot. I think he blew it. Look, we talked after the first preseason game a little about how. Kyle Allen is placing, playing first and second teamers. Barkley's playing third teamers. Well, you flipped it last night, and you saw what the, the increase in competition did. Now, look, the third down throw Barkley had to Trent Sherfield, that is a man's play. I mean, that's a man's throw and a man's catch. But the problem is, is that in the NFL, I always like to think that everybody in every roster can make one NFL-level play. It's making them consistently that's the thing. So on top of the fact that you had the three interceptions, not all of them were his fault, you had the fumble, um, but you know that first drive where he had two balls that he basically dirted to receivers. When yeah, he's under a little pressure, but like that's a throw you need your quarterback to make. To me, that ended his chance. Now he said after the game that he didn't think this game was any more important than the next practice, the last practice, the last game, the next game. And for sure, he and Kyle Allen are going to play all the Bears last preseason game. Um, so the, the competition may not be over. But Carl, I didn't see anything last night that made me think, I want Matt Barkley as my number two. My backup, I need him to take care of the ball, point blank period. I, when I, if I put you in a game in a scenario where something happens with Josh Allen, just take care of the ball. Don't give the ball to the other team. No three and outs. Run an efficient um, offense. Ball security is job security for everyone. You know, like this point blank period and how it works in the NFL and we're just football in general. So when you cough up the ball to the other team, give them short fields like that, that's not encouraging to see. I mean, I, I can live with missed throws. I can live with you know, maybe coming off a, a, a read at the wrong time, but giving the ball to the other team. And now, a couple of those throws, I'm not going to say weren't his fault, but that's just unfortunate. I mean, the third quarter one, I mean, he's throwing a hot to Andy Isabella and the mm -hmm. DBs happens to blitz. I mean, come on. And then even the, the rep where he fumbled the ball, I know you want, I'm not a quarterback guru, so I know there is some science to how you want to take care of the ball when someone's, you know, right in front of you. But having said that, that was an unfortunate play as well. Mm -hmm. Regardless, four turnovers, no matter how you try to put makeup on it, isn't good. Bright spots for the offense in this game. Uh, Osiris Torrance continues to play well. Sean McDermott said today that nothing's too big for him, and I have seen that from him every step of the way. Camp, preseason, whatever. Uh, McDermott also liked the fact this was the first 3-4 defense he's looked at, so that was a thing. Um, I thought uh, Gabe Davis had a nice game. Uh, not spectacular, but made some good catches. Half of them were called back by penalties, but he made them. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid, uh, the, the first throw that he caught from Josh Allen is a play we've seen in camp a gazillion times. But he made it, and, and it looks solid against the first-team defense. And you'll take eight yards on first down every darn uh, day of the week. 
And then when he, he didn't do much after that against the first team Steelers defense, but against the second teamers, he did look dominant, which is what you want your starters to do. Yeah. Anything you got offensively in terms of guys kind of below the radar a little bit? No, I think Cybo, that's the nickname they got for him. Uh, Osiris Torrance, solid. I think McDermott said the battle's ongoing, but I think it's safe to say that is, he got that job at, the, at right guard, in my opinion. And then Kincaid, he gave you the flashes of what everyone's going to be excited for this year. Just a reliable, hey, man, if you're going to put a backer on him, I'm going at you. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how it felt. It was only three catches, but you saw the glimpses of how you want, how the Bills envision him, and it came to fruition a little bit last night. All right, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. I want to start at corner. Um, we still have the, the three-man battle. Sean McDermott confirmed on Sunday that battle is still basically ongoing. In this game, it was Dane Jackson first, as it has been, and then Christian Benford got the, the I don't want to say second team, second man in reps. And then the, the thing that kind of startled me was deep in the third quarter, I've got Kyer Elam, first-round pick with a year of experience in the system on one side, Alex Austin, seventh-round pick, who just got here on the other side. Now, look, to be fair, I asked Sean McDermott about it after the game, and he said, we just want to get him more reps. And he started thinking about it, and... You know, they wanted to play the first-team defense for a while, so that's reps for Trey White. Dane Jackson's in first, Benford's in second. Probably the only way they're going to fit everybody in is by playing Elam deep into the third. But still, it, it did feel like it, it spoke volumes about where he's at. If I had to guess for week one, I would say Dane will be CB2 and that Benford will probably be the guy who will come in and rotate. I, I just, it's the writing on the wall I've seen over the past two weeks. Speaking of their play from yesterday, Jackson came out hot. Nice PBU and then had a nice little stick. On a, on a receiver, on a nice little route right in front of him. So he played well. He's through two preseason games. He's done his job. Mm -hmm. He's done nothing to lose any ground. Um, then Benford had a questionable DPI call. Regardless, they called it whatever it is, what it is. But he came back later that drive and had a nice um, rep where he kind of walled the receiver down the field where it was an incomplete pass. So once again, he made a play where you can say, hey, I can trust him out there. But then Kair, the touchdown, I'm not going to give him too much, you know, Crushing too much for it. I mean, it's a tight end walling them off. I mean, I'm going to throw that every day of the week, but I'm a DB. Who cares? But then he also gave about a slant on third down, which I don't you like. You're talking about the, not the touchdown. You said the, the defensive pass interference in the end zone. Yes. Okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. starting at Washington. I mean, I don't know right. what you want to do with it. I just don't know what you want to do about that. But then he also gave I will say, to be fair, though, like, Kyrie Elam's mistake right now is to commit that penalty. I mean, yes. like, and maybe there's no, nothing else to do. Yeah. But, like, he, he's not showing me anything different on that play either. You know, you're right, but. He didn't show me anything where I'm like, yeah, we, he deserves more reps. And I know the talk is like, oh, they're not giving him enough chances, put him out there. But what has he done to show, outside of the fact of his athletic profile, that he deserves to be out there? And I'm sure the Bills are giving him ample opportunities outside of what we see. Sure, in a film room, I'm sure, weight room, all that good type of stuff. I know they would love for him to be out there. Who wouldn't want a guy who looks 6'2", jump out the gym and can run? But you've got to be consistent out there. And I think Benford and Jackson have shown more consistency throughout these I guess a month or so. Throw a random idea at you. It's probably not even practical. If there were a team out there that had three healthy tackles that were all starter level or above, would you deal Elam for one of those guys right now? That's tough, man, because those are the two positions in the league that I want depth. I mm. want depth that corner. I want depth that tackle. I mean, I don't know. Benford had injury issues last year. Uh, they were kind of freaky, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Dane has, pretty been, has been pretty reliable. I don't like giving up depth at corner, so I, I'm going to say I'm going to keep it because I don't want to make one problem 
fix one problem and it might create a problem in another space. I think that's probably the right answer yeah. too, yeah. But like I said, I just thought of it now. I'm like, let's, let's try to talk about I mean, this. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> let's move over a little bit to safety. Um, just one thing I want to talk about here. We mentioned a little bit how Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, elite players, but are certainly you know on the wrong side of 30. Everybody knows that. Well, the, the Jalen Warren touchdown run was a play where, and, and you can get into this a little bit more, where I think you'd want Jordan Poyer to be able to make that play. Now, look, it's, it's, these are human beings. They're not going to make every play. But I will, I will back this on top of the um, James Cook run, the long one in the uh, return of the blue and red in the stadium practice, was a similar play at Poyer's side where it seemed like he didn't take a great angle. Last year, end of the year, I saw multiple plays where it seemed like he was not able to keep up with a tackler. Now, last year, I 100% put that on the injuries. I'm like, this guy has had a terrible year. He is just beaten to hell. I, I can't sit there and like criticize him one iota for any issues he's having. He's gutting things out. But now I've got that. When you put it on top of, I've seen twice now in the preseason where it looks like, and this is the play right here, where, where it looks like your safety is not doing the job that you need him to do. I, I don't want to say we're at the point of concern, but it, it's certainly something I now have my eye on, I think. I think that's the way I want to phrase it because he's never been a superb athlete. He's always been a good player because he's great instincts, just a good ball player. Knows how to play the game. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So he's never been like some freaky 4-3 guy. However, though, those guys who are very instinctual, when that cliff comes, it's nasty mm -hmm. because you are already not the best athlete in the planet. Now, this could just be a one-off right. or, or two-off, I guess you could say, with the Cook touchdown as well. But it's not encouraging to see because that play right there, I would expect the NFL safety to make. Now, once again, once you said, these guys are human beings. They mess up plays all the time. Josh Allen dirts balls all the time. But having said that, though, start putting some data with some of the stuff that you're saying, it wasn't good. The circumstantial evidence is piling up. It does, it does not mean anything. You know, I still, at this point, if you're going to tell me what kind of season I think Jordan Poirier is going to have, it's going to be really darn good, you know. Um, but, but it is something that, that has been at least, like I said, the, the circumstantial evidence right is, is accumulating. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, otherwise, on defense, um, a couple guys I liked. Uh, Boogie Basham was active, you know, in a spot where he needs to be. And let's talk about linebacker here, too. Before we get into the middle linebacker thing, Give me your assessment of Dorian Williams because, like, he's active, but I, I don't know if it's good active, bad active, probably both. I mean, just running around. It's causing havoc out there. I know down there on the goal line, he had a nice shoot down there. Where they had nice goal line stand outside. I mean, I know the Steelers did score, but the Bills I agree. did their part for mm -hmm. the most part. I mean, a couple penalties saved them there. So, I mean, how many times can you stop a team? They stopped them five out of six. <laughs> right. It was right. pretty darn good at the yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Dorian Williams had one of the, the crucial stops on that. It was at Will, not Mike, and those are two totally different positions, as we all know now with the Milano and Edmonds thing. But he's running around causing havoc. I can't get mad at a guy who's seeing stuff and hitting stuff. At least it's encouraging that, you know, if there's going to be a role for him going forward, you know, he's, he's showing it as a guy who's willing to stick his nose in. You know, one of the, the concerns I had with Tremaine Edmonds back early when he was a rookie is it felt like he was tentative. And I thought at the time, you know, they're asking him to be the captain of the defense, call signals, you know, you're a rookie. You know, there's a lot of things going on with that guy. And then eventually, you know, he, he moved on and became a really good linebacker in the NFL. Whereas with Dorian, um, he doesn't seem to have many of those issues. He's, mm -hmm. a, he's a guy, and he needs, he has the speed and the aggressiveness that I liked in college to where you can see him be productive in that way. The problem for the Bills is that, like you said, he's playing the weak side linebacker, not the middle. And there's no, there's no, there's no path for him right now because Matt Milano ain't going anywhere. But he has had two active-looking preseason yeah, games. Yeah, that's the word. Well, the, the thing is, though, is that 
I, I feel like he could start with that. You know, I'd rather active. I can build off active. I can teach active, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. But, but um, you know, if you don't have that, it's hard to put that into a I can't guy. Coach, I can't coach that into you. Exactly. Um, let's see. I think we carded. Oh, middle linebacker. All right. Um, A.J. Klein getting first team reps is, is not a good sign. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if anybody in the history of football has had a, a, a better time not being on the field than what Terrell Bernard has had at middle linebacker because this job is, it feels like it's getting close to being his. All he's got to do is show up and be healthy now, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't good to see. It was a lot of stuff from last night's game in that regard. The long touchdown run, I'm not in the Bills film room, but. Like you said, it looked like those guys just got blocked. I mean, yeah. like, look. But I would like my one. I would like my guy, especially on the, the contained guy, to get off a block. Yeah. I don't like to go one for one. And the other thing about, like, if you're Troy Dotson, you know, coverage and athleticism is not going to be your strong suit. You need to win that play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know that the line maybe it was a downhill play, so they got on him quickly, but make a play there. Right. Slow him down, at least in that regard. But he also was playing in the fourth quarter. I know they're down a Mike Backer with Bernard out, but Spectre can easily be playing in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to see you in the fourth? Right. That shows that they need to see more out of him. A.J. Klein has athletic limitations, and that came up a little bit. Um, I believe in that. Uh, it was a DPI he had on Darnell Washington yeah, actually yeah, yeah, as well. I wasn't a huge fan of that call, to be honest. Yeah, I, I wasn't either, yeah. but like, he was behind Darnell Washington, mm -hmm. who is, quite frankly, not the fastest guy no. on the planet. Right, right, so right. It, it's just... There's a, there's a concern there. We talked about this off air a little bit. Not as bad as the depth at tackle, but it's not pretty, I'll tell you that. It's yeah. not at all. The question you brought up is, are you more concerned about right tackle or linebacker? And I think the answer is, and the, the easiest way to say it is, um, if my middle linebacker screws up, Josh Allen won't get hurt, which could happen at right tackle. So that's, that's why... Point blank period. Yeah, <laughs> right. The bigger concern is right tackle. Um, look, end of the day, as we will we'll end this where we started, it was a preseason game. It doesn't matter that much, if at all. But it was not a good performance. And, and like I tweeted last night, you know, if Sean McDermott's going to have his starters play, you know, you like to have them ready to play. Maybe Pittsburgh did more prep work, I don't know. Um, but they, but they, they still grown men who love the game of football, point blank period. They should play better. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, preseason game number two is now done. We move on to Chicago, on to Chicago, as Bill Belichick would say, and we'll have more on Buffalo Game Day recap then. For Carl Jones, I'm Thad Brown. Thanks for watching here at RochesterFirst.com and listening wherever you get your podcasts.